All right, let's pray before we get started. Father, thank you for your grace in our life, God. Without you and your love for us, God, none of us literally would be here. None of us would be uh, following you. And so, God, we thank you for what you've done in our life and in our church and what you're continuing to do. And God, I pray now as we open up your word that you would bless it, uh, bless our time together, God, and I pray that your word would go forth and, and do what it's uh, always meant to do, which is to change our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the last week of this series, Mobilized, and it's been a fun one because we've been talking about some specific objectives we have as a church. And, and these objectives, we have put them together as a part of our Multiply initiative to say that we're trying to mobilize people in order to multiply as a church. So we're trying to mobilize people to accomplish some specific objectives in order for us to multiply as a church. And, and the reason why we're doing that is come straight out of the Bible. Uh, in fact, Ephesians chapter four, I'm just going to give it to you quickly. You don't have to turn there. You can turn to second Timothy chapter two. That's where we're going to hang out today. But in Ephesians chapter four was our key verse for this series. I'm just going to read it to you again. Ephesians four, 11 and 12 says this, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now, that's not referring to New Orleans saints or or dead statues of people after they die. When it talks about saints, it's talking about those who have trusted Jesus. And so our job is to equip people. Those are sinners who have trusted Christ. And so we're simultaneously sinners and saints because you can't equip saints that are dead, right? The idea of it is God has made us new in Christ and now we figure out what our purpose is. And so as a church, what we're saying is we want to equip people for the work of ministry. We want to mobilize people so that our church can multiply. And there's been five, uh, or we've covered four of the objectives. We're going to get the fifth one now uh, today as we look at objective number five. But just before we jump into that, I just want to remind you, one of the objectives is generosity development. And I told you a couple weeks ago, if you haven't made a commitment to multiply, uh, please do that because we want everybody in our church to be generous. It's about raising generous people. So these are in the seat back in front of you here in Canton and Jasper. We've got them available in the lobby. And if you haven't made a commitment, we ask you to bring those back today. Uh, and if you didn't do that, that's fine. We would uh, ask that you do that throughout the rest of this, this year as we finish this up. And the reason why we want to be generous is so that our church can multiply. Uh, specifically for those of you in Jasper, we got the clear. Uh, this last week to break ground in Jasper. So that's going to be happening very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, Pickens High School has been so gracious to us, letting us meet there in January. We'll start meeting every week, but our goal is to break ground in the next couple weeks. And so we'll be working on that, uh, be listening for those announcements as we move forward. But when we talk about mobilizing people in order to multiply, all these objectives matter. We've talked about spiritual development. We've talked about family development. We talked about generosity development. Last week, we talked about artist development. And this one, objective number five, I want to give it to you and then we'll unpack it. Objective number five is leadership development. Leadership development. All these five are what we want to multiply into new churches and new campuses that we start. And this one, leadership development, is crucial to being able to mobilize people in order to multiply. So if you've got a Bible, like I said, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 1 and 2. And we talk about this process. As we talk about this process of leadership development, you're going to see that there's multiple levels in these verses. And, and that's intentional. It's, there's multiple levels to leadership development. So look at this, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says this, you then... 
My child, this is Paul talking to Timothy, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And so Paul is instructing Timothy on leadership. Very, very simple leadership principles here. And I'm gonna give them to you, kind of break them down for you that we see here in this verse. Or we just call them levels. So you got level one, level two, level three. So let's look at level one first. We just call that L1. L1 is lead yourself. Lead yourself. This comes out of the part of the verse where Paul tells Timothy, be strengthened by the grace in Christ. Be strengthened by the grace in Christ. So when Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, listen, first and foremost, leadership starts with you. Leadership always starts with leading ourself. In fact, I would go so far as to say the hardest person you will ever lead is you. Have you realized that yet? No person has caused more problems in your life than you. The problem with you is you take you with you everywhere you go. You with me when I say that? The hardest person in the world to lead, and I'm saying this about myself, is myself. Ain't nobody lied to me more than me. Nobody messed me up more than me. And, and I find it very interesting that Paul starts with Timothy, Timothy saying, hey, before you talk about entrusting other people, you gotta first and foremost make sure you're leading yourself. But I, I love how he says it. And this is a key principle here. He says, be strengthened by the grace. Now, what's very interesting, this phrase here, be strengthened, it's, it's a command. It's a command saying, you know, Paul's commanding Timothy to do this. But what's very interesting to me, it's written in the passive voice. And what that means is this. This is not something Timothy can do by himself. See, when it comes to leading yourself, especially in a Christian context, we are not talking about self-help. We must distinguish that. This is what makes Christian leadership different than any other leadership on the planet. He gives him a command, but it's written in the passive voice. So a better way of saying this is, be led, Timothy. Be led. In order for me to be a leader, I must first be a follower. Let me say that again. It's not a point, but it was good and I didn't get any amens, all right? In order to be a leader, I must first be a follower. Amen, Amen. thank you. Appreciate that, all right? If you don't call in response, I'm gonna ask for it, all right? When it comes to leadership, what's so interesting here in the Christian context is Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, you need to be strengthened, but this is not something you can do for yourself. It comes as you follow Jesus. And I love this phrase. He says, be strengthened by the grace. That phrase there, by, is a preposition. If you've been around here long, you know I love prepositions. It's a preposition of means. What that means is the way the strengthening happens is it's not something Timothy does, but it's something Timothy receives. Now, Timothy has to allow it to happen. And in any basic recovery system, we have revolution recovery here, men's and women's groups, any basic recovery system, whether it's AA, NA, SA, or, or biblical versions of, in fact, the first guy who started AA was a believer, 
Step one in any recovering process, which I think all of us should go through, by the way, because we typically think of recovery as addictions to substances, but, but they go much deeper than that. And, and they talk about steps. And step one is admitting you're powerless. Admitting you're powerless. And you need a power outside of yourself. Now, AA might just say higher power, but we know who that higher power is. It's God as typified in the person of Jesus Christ. So, so here's what we need to understand. When it comes to leadership development, step one or level one is leading ourselves. But the realization is I'm powerless to do that. I'm powerless to lead myself. And that's the good news of the Christian gospel. The good news is God never asked you to lead yourself. God asked you to let him lead you. This is what we see with Jesus when he goes and, and calls the first disciples. He says, come follow me and I will make you. I will make you. And so level one of leading ourselves is all about admitting the fact, listen, I need grace. And, and grace, and I say this often, grace is not a license to do wrong. It's the power of God to do right. That's what grace is. What that means is that I can't do right without a power outside of myself. And so we talk about power, we're talking about the, the Holy Spirit. And I don't like referring to him as a force because we tend to think of Star Wars, like force, good and evil. But the Holy Spirit's not an it, it's a person. I just said it. He is a person. And so when we have a relationship with God through Christ, by the Spirit, what that means is the Holy Spirit gives to me everything that Christ purchased for me. Everything that Christ purchased for me on the cross, power, new life, regeneration, the Holy Spirit brings that to me. It's by the Spirit. Or as Paul says, by the grace. So the means by which we change is not ourself. It's a power outside of ourself. But here's the cool part. In allowing the Holy Spirit to change me, I'm following Jesus. I'm learning how to lead myself. I'm learning how to lead myself. And this is so crucial because when it comes to leadership, I can't take somebody to a place I've never been or at least a place I'm headed to. I can't lead you if I just tell you, go over there, I'm not leading you. I'm just instructing, instructing you. Leadership is about saying, hey, come follow me, as we'll see in just a second. And Jesus was the consummate leader. And then Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, well I can't say follow me if I'm not first following Christ. So level one is all about leading self. Here's level two. Level two of leadership is about leading others leading others. What you've heard from me and trust to faithful men. That's the phrase that Paul says there in 2 Timothy 2. He says, what you've heard from me and trust to faithful men. So you start to see here the levels of leadership. So Paul is leading Timothy so that Timothy can lead others. Paul's leading Timothy so that Timothy can lead others. And he commands him and trust this to faithful men. So this is where we start thinking about kind of typical leadership. Leadership ultimately, hear me, is not about position, it's about influence. 
It's about influence. It's not about a title. You don't have to have a title in order to lead others. You just have to influence them. See, a lot of us could be leading others in ways that are not good for them. We're not influencing them in a positive direction. But ultimately, leadership is about influencing others. It's about calling out in others what God has put in. I love this, how he says, entrust it. See, leadership is about trust. Leadership is about saying, I'm going to transfer a responsibility to you. And Paul was transferring responsibility to Timothy. And now Timothy was being called by God to lead others. Now it says faithful men, but it doesn't just refer to men, it's men and women. So the idea of it is this, ultimately leadership starts with leading myself, but it's about the other. Leaders see a preferred future. Leaders go after something, not that doesn't exist, but that other people can't see. That's ultimately what leadership is about. I love, um, there's a church that we are in network with that we're doing all of this multiplication church stuff, uh, church planning stuff with. Uh, There's a church in Chicago called Community Christian Church. And they have this phrase in their whole leadership development process that we are adopting as a church. It's four letters, I-C-N-U. So I-C-N-U. And the idea of that is when you are a leader, you're having conversations with other people and you're saying, I see in you. I see something in you. That's ultimately what leadership is about. It's about influencing others, helping them see what they don't see yet. So leadership ultimately is about saying, hey, I've been leading myself. I've been on this process, this journey, and now I wanna help you lead yourself. Now I wanna have influence over your life and I want to influence you. But here's what we have to understand. Most people don't see themselves as leaders. So we have to call it out in them. Not call it out in a negative sense, but call out the potential in them. And ultimately, this is what I love about Jesus. I mean, think about the 12 disciples that Jesus called. Were like, they like the most stellar leaders on the planet at that time? No, the Bible says they were common, unskilled, ordinary men. The phrase there in Greek is idiotos. They were idiots. But yet Jesus called them. Why? Because Jesus saw something in them that they didn't see in themselves. Well, let me ask you this question. Let me go a step further. Were they believers when Jesus called them? No. I mean, the term Christian wasn't even used then. That didn't come until Acts chapter nine. But they weren't following Jesus up to that point. See, when we think about leadership, we think so limitedly. But what I want you to understand is God doesn't see those limits. So Jesus started the process of leadership development before they ever knew who he was, before they ever believed who he was, before they ever were, quote unquote, a Christian or a believer So here's what I want us to see. When we talk about leadership development, the reason why it's so important for us to lead ourselves is so we can gain the opportunity to lead others and the others that God wants you to leave, they don't come fully baked. In fact, a lot of people that God may ask you to lead, and I don't like the term non-Christian, by the way. It sounds so us versus them, like in and out. I prefer the term pre-Christian. Pre-Christian. See, discipleship starts before someone ever even trusts Christ. Christ, not plural, Christ, singular. Jesus says, come follow me and I'll make you. So at what point did the disciples trust Jesus? At what point were they saved? 
Scholars debate about this. Some say at Pentecost, which would have been three years after they were following Jesus. Some said it happened earlier when Jesus blew the Holy Spirit on them. He gave them the Holy Spirit. Regardless, that's amount of time, at least a couple years that had passed before they ever trusted Jesus, before they ever received the Holy Spirit. But yet Jesus was bringing out in them what he knew he had put in them. So when it comes to leadership development, what we're saying is as a church, we want to come alongside you and say, man, I see something in you. I see something in you. God has put leadership, God has put influence in you. And we want to help bring that process out. That's why leadership development is a core objective for us. And I want you to understand something. When we talk about leadership development here, we're not saying we need more people to get stuff done. I I hope and pray you never see us like that. We are not trying to use people to get things done. We are trying to use things to get people done. There's a difference. See, if we're trying to use people to get things done, guess what? We'll use people. We're users at that point. We'll burn them up and spit them out. But as a church, what we're saying is, no, we're trying to use things to get people done. And so we'll use an event. We'll use serving here at our church. We'll use a service, serve one and attend one. Why do we ask you to do that? It's because God's put leadership in you and he's gonna use that serving opportunity to bring it out in you. Because when you, listen, when you are now responsible, when you're entrusted to lead others, you know what you care about at that point? Leading yourself. You wanna know why you don't care as much about leading yourself? It's because you're not trying to lead others. We call that parenting. You wanna know one of the best things that happened for my spiritual growth was becoming a dad. Because now when my son walks into the room and, and a channel's you know, somewhere and they're saying a cuss word or something, oh, I gotta change that, why? Well, before he walked in the room, it wasn't good either. But now as a 13 year old, I'm like, I know. You don't need to see that, son. I need to turn that off. And my wife's really good at this. Because a lot of times, I, I mean, that's just how I grew up. Just watching all, I, mean, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. So I'll be watching something, just kind of zone out. And my son's sitting there and, and Lizzie's like, hello. We need to change the channel. Oh yeah, you're right, baby. Why? Because I'm trying to lead others. I'm trying to lead my kids. And in leading others, it forces me to lead myself. See, God uses Things. And so half the reason why God gives kids to parents is not just for parents to mature their kids, it's for kids to mature their parents. You with me there? And that's the process. That's what I'm saying. You, you're learning how to lead others, how to entrust to others. And then the third level is this. Level three, or L3, if you will, is lead leaders. Lead leaders. This comes out of the phrase where he says, who will be able to teach others. Who'll be able to teach others. So what you see here is you see generational thinking. Paul teaches Timothy. Timothy teaches others who will be able to teach others. So it goes from one person, Paul, into who knows how many. A multitude. See, Paul's thinking generationally. See, ministry was not about Paul telling Timothy, hey, go do this. He said, no, no, no. Hey, Timothy, go teach others what you've heard from me and then teach them how to teach others. 
That's the whole equip the saints for the work of ministry. Why? Because if we hire people to do stuff, then we'll be dependent upon that person's ability to do the stuff. But if we hire people to train people who train others to do stuff, now we've got a system. So when it comes to leadership development, what you see is I start with myself, I start with others. Now I'm leading leaders who are leading others to lead themselves. Does that make sense? And that should be our goal. Now each one of us have different leadership gifts but all of us are leaders. And so some of us will, will rise higher in the leadership process, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that everybody's gotta to get to the same level, but what it does mean is we have to think differently. See, not only am I trying to lead my kids to follow Jesus, but I'm trying to put into my kids or get out what God put in to say, hey, no, you need to lead others. Why? Because that's gonna be the best thing for their spiritual growth when they learn how to lead others. So you think generationally, you start leading leaders. But a lot of us, a lot of us want to just jump right straight to leading leaders when we haven't earned the right by first leading ourselves and then leading others and then leading leaders. Probably one of the best places that this principle is lived out here in our country is in the military. You just see this process happen. You know, our Military, when you sign up, they send you to basic training. And why do they send you to basic training? Because they got to learn if they can trust you. Now, I didn't go. I got real close in college. But what they do, my understanding of what they do is they break you down so that they can rebuild you. And I've seen this happen over and over again with friends, former students, they come out of the military or they go into the military all disrespectful. They come out after about six to 12 weeks of basic training. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right? What? Learning how to lead themselves. Then when they get good at that, they can learn how to lead their squadron or their platoon, right? They're learning how to lead others. And then when they get good at that, they can learn how to lead leaders that are leading others. And so you kind of see this process lived out. And speaking of leadership, speaking of the military, yesterday was Veterans Day. It's the day in our country. Yeah, yeah, you can. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but you did clap prematurely, all right? Here's why. If you've served in our military or you are actively serving in our military, would you please stand both campuses, both locations, so that we can, we can honor you? Thank you, yes. Thank you so much for going through this process of leadership development, learning how to lead yourself, learning how to lead others, learning how to lead leaders. You are the whole reason why we get to even be here today and talk about leadership development. So anybody that you just saw, make sure you tell them thank you. We're grateful for their service. But what I want you to understand is it's not just limited to military. When we, when we talk about, again, mobilizing is a military word. We're mobilizing people to deploy them. What we're saying as a church is we want this process of leadership development to happen all over. From leading yourself to leading others to leading leaders. And so as a church, we are in the process of developing not only what these levels are, I just told you what they are, but how are we going to help people get to the next level? How are we gonna help people learn how to lead themselves? That's spiritual development. 
How are we gonna help people learn how to lead others in their specific area? In fact, I want you to pull out, everybody that walked in today should have gotten this card. Would you pull this out just for a second, both campuses, just pull it out. What you see on here are all five objectives that we've been talking about as a church, every single objective. And then on the back, you see a description of those if you want more information about what this is. We're handing these out to you because I'm showing you how serious we are about completing these objectives. These are our mission as a church. And so please take these, put us up in a prominent place in your home or business, on your fridge, by your mirror, whatever it is, so that you can be praying for our church to accomplish these things. But ultimately, this whole process, and I'll just, again, recap it quickly, spiritual development, you'll see is at the core. That's level one, learning how to lead yourself. That's our grow process, the gospel, relationships, obedience, works. And you'll see this is the X. This is our multiply logo. These are the five objectives we're trying to accomplish. And then family development, that's learning how to lead others, right? I just talked to you about that. Leading myself, learning how to lead others. Maybe as a husband or a wife or a mom or a dad, you haven't taken your leadership role in your home like you need to. That is the primary place that God gives us the opportunity to lead others. The third objective, generosity development. That is all about leadership development because if I'm a leader, I'm gonna be generous. Why? Because leadership costs the leader more. And so if you want to rise in your level of leadership, you're going to have to be generous. Last week, we talked about artist development. Not only do we want artists that are learning how to use their craft for the sake of the gospel, but there's leadership development within that. We need worship leaders and then worship leaders who are leading campuses so that other churches can be started and planted. And then fifthly, the leadership development. And so we're giving this to you. We had it printed up so you can see. In fact, this will be out in the lobbies of our campuses so that you can see that, be reminded of that over the next couple of years and say, here's our objectives as a church. And when I say we're serious about it, we're serious to the point that we restructured our entire leadership structure as a staff, as a staff. We are a staff-led, board-governed church. And what that means is we have a nonprofit board but then we are staff led and, and our staff primary is, primarily is led by our pastors. And so what we've done is we've created what we're just calling the pastoral leadership team. And each one of these five objectives has a pastor that's over it. So spiritual development, that's pastor David Stein. He spoke here a while back. He's been serving in Jasper for quite some time. That would be his primary responsibility. Family development, that'd be pastor Derek. He leads Rev Kids right now, but we're putting Rev Kids and Rev Students under the same umbrella for family development. Generosity development, that'll be Pastor Chad. Chad is over all of our operational stuff as a church, and so it just makes sense from a generosity standpoint, budgets and, and developing generous people, so Chad's responsible for all of that. Number four, artist development, that's Pastor Thad. Pastor Thad has been our worship leader here as a church for a long, long time. In fact, longer than I've been here, but Thad's ultimate role is not just to lead worship at one campus, but to develop artists to lead at all campuses. And then fifthly is leadership development. That'll be Pastor Jordan. And that's him overseeing this process, L1, L2, or literally the L2 and L3 process um, of leadership development, learning how to lead others and lead leaders. So when I say we're committed to this as a church, we're literally organizing our whole church around it. Why? To mobilize in order to multiply. That's the whole vision of it. Why? So that more people can come to know Jesus. 
That's why we do it all. In fact, look at verse eight in 2 Timothy chapter two. We're gonna wrap this up. Verse eight of 2 Timothy chapter two. Listen to what Paul tells Timothy, the motivation behind all of this. He says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Don't you love that phrase? I mean, think about this. The apostle Paul was imprisoned for his leadership, but why in the world do you think God put him in prison? You wanna wanna think why I know? Because that's the only way he could get Paul to write. Because Paul's just gonna be out there conquering the known world. But, but if Paul just did that and he never wrote anything down, they would never outlive Paul. So God put Paul in prison so he could write and here we are 2,000 years later reading what he wrote in prison. Why? Because even though Paul was bound, the word of God ain't bound. The word of God, the word of God, I love how C.S. Lewis said this. He says, I don't have to defend uh, God or the word. Why? Because it's like saying I have to defend a lion. I don't have to defend a lion. All I have to do is let it loose. To defend itself. See, the word of God's not bound. And so we think about leadership development. That's why we're preaching. That's what we want more people to know so that they can find the freedom that the word of God offers, which is the very next thing that he says. Look at verse 10. He says, therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So that they also, I love the Coast Guard's mentality of the, the swimmers that go out and, and save people. There's been movies made about it. Their mentality is so that others may live. So that others may live. That is leadership. And as a church, that's what we're saying. We're saying we want to do everything that we're doing so that others may live. Verse 11 and 12, the saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. So last, let me wrap it up with this. You've heard as a church why we're doing everything that we're doing. But let me ask you a simple question. That L1, leading yourself. Paul said, if we die with him, We'll live with him. That's step one. And that's what baptism is a picture of. And we're gonna celebrate that here in just a few minutes. But baptism is a picture of us dying to ourselves. So you're being baptized. That's a picture of you dying. We do it water, in water because it's easier to do in dirt, right? Like it's just a little bit simpler that way. And it symbolizes being cleansed. And so we're saying, yeah, we, we've died to ourselves. But the good news of the gospel is just like Christ came out of the grave, you can come out of the water. And when you come out of the water, you're a new person. You're a new creation, not because of the water, but because of Christ. And so there might be some of you here that you're in that category I referred to earlier of pre-Christian. You haven't taken the first step of leadership development, which is learning how to be led, which is following Jesus and letting him make you. Letting him do for you what you could have never done for yourself. So the Bible says, if you die with him, you'll live. And I know that's backwards. This is an upside down kingdom. If you try to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life, you'll find it. That's what Jesus said. Then I love how he says this. If we endure, we will reign with him. That is all about level two and level three. Leadership is the most painful thing that will ever happen in your life. You need to know that. 
Let me say it to you like this. My life would be a lot easier if I wasn't leading (laughs) y'all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was cool till I had kids. My life has gotten so complicated with kids because now they're looking at me all the time, wanting to be like me, and the nut doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? That's the scariest thing in the world that my son will grow up and be like me. So I better make sure I'm learning how to lead myself. And it is costly. Leadership is painful. But here's what he's saying to you. If you endure, you'll reign with him. When he returns in his kingdom, you'll reign with him. That is a leadership responsibility given to us by Jesus. So here's what I'm saying. Endure the process. Step one, being saved. Step two, learning how to use the influence God has given you to lead others. And step three, learning how to lead leaders who lead others so that more people can come to know Christ. That's the process. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for Christ. Because without him, God, we would not even have a starting point. But because of Jesus, we can be saved. We can receive life. So God, I pray right now for anybody in the house or watching or listening who's never trusted Jesus. God, I pray right now you'd save them. I pray they would come to the end of themselves, understand they need a power beyond themselves and bow their knee and confess with their mouth that they need you to save them so that they can be strengthened by grace. That's the good news of the gospel. This is grace. We don't have to earn it. You earned it for us. And baptism is just simply a symbol of that. We just have to be willing to die. But if we're not and we deny you, God, you'll deny us. And that's not a scare tactic. That's just reality. So God, I pray right now for anybody who's a pre-Christian that you'd save them. Nobody looking around or talking here as we close. But if you want to trust Christ for the first time, you want to die to yourself, you want to be strengthened by grace, you want to receive that grace by what Christ did for you on the cross as it comes to you by the Holy Spirit, we just simply say, be saved. I'm going to ask you to pray with me to yourself, not out loud. We're not trying to embarrass you. If you want to trust Christ for the first time, it goes like this. Say, God, thank you for loving me that you sent your son to die in my place for my sins. I ask you to save me, forgive me. I give you my life. Thank you for loving me. Now, for those who just prayed, again, nobody looking around or talking, if you just prayed to trust Christ, then you confessed, and now we want you to profess. And that ultimately is about baptism, but we wanna help you take that next step of obedience. So if you just trusted Christ, both locations. Would you just simply lift your hand up so we can see that? If you just prayed to trust Jesus, just lift your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. we got men and women going to walk around. Leaders in our church going to give you a gift. There's a Bible, some next steps in there. When you receive that, you can just put your hand down. Thank you. And then those of us who've trusted Christ, we understand that our first step of obedience is being baptism. That's ultimately the profession telling the world, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus. I have trusted Jesus. So we're going to celebrate baptisms in just a second. But in order to do that, for those of you that came today prepared to get baptized, 
In just a second, I'm gonna release you to the back so you can go get changed. And then we're gonna sing one last song as you get prepared and we'll come back and celebrate. But maybe there's some of you today that you just trusted Christ or you didn't come prepared today to get baptized. Listen, we prepared for you. We got a change of clothes. We got shirts, shorts, towels. We got everything that you need. You just leave your excuse right there in the seat and you can get up and head to the back as well. So if that's you, if you came today prepared to get baptized or you came today not prepared to get baptized, but you wanna get baptized, would you go ahead and just stand right now head to the back, both locations? It'd be great, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Everybody else just stay seated while they're doing that. Appreciate that. A lot of people moving, man, that's awesome. If you came prepared, like I said, go ahead and do that. Even if you didn't come prepared, we're prepared for you. Thank you, thank you. In just a second, like I said, we're gonna sing and then we're gonna celebrate. Before we do that, let's finish thanking God for all he's done. God, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for these people that trusted you that are getting baptized today as a profession of their faith in you. God, we pray that this process of leadership development would take root in our church, people learning how to lead themselves, learning how to lead others, learning how to lead leaders so that the kingdom of God can move forward. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.